what's really good everyone this is ion one of the ion pack and this is the ion pod this is an old episode recorded in april 2021 with the absolute queen julia fox and julia is having a big week this week it's julia fox week so you know in honor of it we decided to unlock this episode and we unlocked the video as well which is available on youtube also free and if you like what you hear we got plenty more where this came from at videos as well over at patreon.com slash the ion pack so get ready for uh, some insane heat with queen julia fox you already know grain you are a creative we get it Wes Anderson Wes sucks. Anderson. I, I go mentally ill. I'm a straight up slut. Experimental film. Doritos bags look mad different. We are watching Mean Girls. As a filmmaker, he is nothing. A zero. He's a, a pig piece of shit. We got Ion Pack. We got uh, Tony Hawk is in the house. We love I was right. obsessed with trash. The movie's trash, you know? M. Night Shyamalan. What, no Q&A? Never make a movie. You make out with girls. Rub Vaseline on the limb. Why do we have to see his fucking name in the movie? Spike Young sucks bad. Give me brackets. You don't see a film and say, Joe Schmo did the fucking food. Let me go see all his movies he did the food in. This is a film. Let the creative people talk to the money people. Well, you time to admit you are a fan of the Iron Man. If, like, the sound is off in the theater, I, I go mentally ill. There's a whole group of guys who pretend to be making special films. Let's hit it. All right. Welcome, Welcome back, back to the Ion Pod. We've got Julia Fox. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, We've sorry. got Julia Fox on Who was pod. not paying attention. <laughs> yes, hello. I am Julia Fox. How are you guys doing? Great. Cool. Actress, superstar, you guys know her. Yeah. You already know. Yeah. New York fixture for a Jack long time now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I've been around. I'm definitely an old timer. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been? You've been in New York forever? Yeah, forever. I mean, I was born in Italy, but I came here to live for the first time at like, I think like a year and a half, two years. And I was here for two years and I went back there until I was like five or six. Then I came back here. Like my life's just always been like back and forth, but I definitely have spent like 90% of it here or more. So it's huge shouts to Italy. Yeah. What? Huge shouts to Italy. Yeah. We're big on Italy. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Are you guys Italian? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Sick. Italians yeah. Do it better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely Italians are like just so hilarious and so like crafty and good food, good clothes, good cars, just like good women. Um, good men. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. No, I'm kidding. Um, But yeah, Italy's great. Um, But obviously like so different from New York. Like what part are you from? From the North. Mm -hmm. And I'm from like uh, a few places in the North is where we would like 
are stationed. So mm-hmm. I was born in Milan, but I never lived in Milan. I lived in a like small, like really sh- kind of shitty town outside of Milan. Um, so shitty. Um, and then I also lived in Como, which is famous for its like, and that's like more like bougie, like, yeah, nicer. And then I also like, whatever, from the mountains, basically, a mountain people. And when did you move out of there? When did I move out of there? Yeah. Um, well, the last time I lived there, I was 14 to about like 15 and a half. And I say half because at that age, you count halves. Yeah. Um, and they make a difference. So it was like up until that that point, that was the last time that I like actually spent like time there. And yeah, just been here pretty much ever since. And you love New York. I like too, <laughs> I think. I don't know. Like, I feel comfortable here. I know it really well. Um, but I really love California. And that's one thing that I can tell about like a lot of n- real New Yorkers is that they're, they really love California. And I yeah. think it's like, cause when you grow up here, you're not thinking how great the city is. You're like, I can't wait to get out of here. You know, right. it, it kind of feels like small and like a little claustrophobic. And yeah. Like all the people that I grew up with are either dead in jail on drugs or in California. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's just where like, like California's like getting out. Yeah. It's like getting out yeah. and it's like the sun and the people are fucking nice and like gorgeous and healthy. And like, it's just, it, you kind of feel like you made it once you're in California as, as a New Yorker, at least in my like generation. That's kind of what it what it feels like. So when I thought that I was going to be moving to California, I was very excited. I got my apartment. I shipped like literally 50 boxes, probably like 40, maybe four, between 40 and 50 boxes, um, furniture, everything, literally everything. And I emptied my storage unit. And then the fucking pandemic happened. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'll just, and all the studios closed. So suddenly this show that I was going to do stopped, halted production. Um, and yeah, everything just stopped. And it was like, I was getting kind of bored. So I was like, you know what? Let me just go home. I'll just go back home and like, you know, try to like work on my relationship with my husband because we were kind of on the rocks. And then a month later I was pregnant and then I'm still here. I'm still in New York now. So I, I, I don't know how to feel about that. Congratulations. Thank you. Super, super happy about the baby. Um, but like not so happy that now I'm still here (laughs) cause I really thought like I, you know, and now I just have this apartment in, in LA that I've probably slept in like a collective of like five nights for this over a year. And I'm like, all my shit is in there. It's like still in boxes. It's just a mess. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So you you will feel like you have arrived once you get to California. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try it again, I'm sure. But I now I don't know because it's like, you know, I'm here. My, my baby's doctors are here. My families yeah. are here. Both of our families are here. My help is here. My support group is here. Although I do have like the world of friends in LA. It's just like, you know, it's, it's like when I'm with the baby, it's like different. Like 
you know, I have like the baby's actual like biological families are all here. Right. Yeah. You know, my husband's from Brooklyn and, you know, I, I have my help here. So it, it definitely changes stuff for sure to have a baby. Can we hear about the baby a little bit more? Yeah, he's amazing. His name is Valentino and he's such a little mommy's boy. He is obsessed with me. He's <laughs> like such a cuddle bug. Um, How old is he? How old is he? Yeah, he's like, almost three months. Oh, wow. He'll be three months next week. But like, he's just like so gorgeous. Like, has these big blue eyes, and like, he's already like making noise. It like making weird like goo Like, it's just really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Love him so much. And he's like, even when at like one month old, he was like using all his like strength to like inch closer to me. Like we'll be laying on the bed and you just see him like, just to like get close to mommy. And it's like the (laughs) cutest thing ever. I really like, you know, obviously I had this fear as like a creator and an artist and whatever. I had this fear, like there's kind of this like thing that is like, I guess women are like taught that like, you know, having a baby is going to change you. And if you're an artist, like you're not going to really have that much interest in your like art anymore. And, and I can't say like, that is so fucking far from the truth. And that is like the one thing I was really scared of during my pregnancy. I was like, is this going to change me? Like, am I going to be one of those people that like in their like Instagram bio, like the first (laughs) thing is like, Valentino's mom you know like I, <laughs> I like I, I was so afraid of that like I don't want that to be my identity like yes I am a mom but that's not all I am yeah. you know and it's like yeah and you want to keep I your just, family like a little out of the yeah and it's like business. exactly yeah. and, and I just like I think a lot of women like that's like it or that's what it looks like or that's what it appears like is that they just their identity just becomes like i am a mom and that is it you know and like for me that couldn't be farther from the truth just having a baby just reaffirmed like you know i'm like on my missions like i'm like you know i i have so many things i'm gonna do and i'm gonna do it for my baby so that like my son can be like that's my mom like you know and 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 be proud of me and and want to you know follow in my footsteps hopefully um so yeah that was kind of what i was feeling but yeah well so where does that take you next i mean it's, it's nice to hear that you're it's like it's not like an anti-motivator no. or that you still want, that you're still yeah, still, yeah. I mean, it. you know, obviously I was, um, um, for, for my whole pregnancy and I was scared because during my pregnancy, like I literally was just a blob. Like I couldn't do anything. I couldn't answer the phone for anyone. Like I could, just was like, I felt so apathetic towards everything. And obviously it was just like the hormones and like, you know, my, my mind just telling my body to like chill out and just like cook this baby up and like, don't get too crazy. Um, (laughs) and so, you know, I got a little afraid. Uh, I was like, fuck, am I going to be like this? What is happening to me? And then at the moment I had him, it was like, I was back to being me. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. No, well, what's next for you? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so... Um, You've done many things. Yeah, I've done many things. Um, you know, I have a, a movie, a really big movie coming out, which I actually filmed while I was like six, seven months pregnant. Wow. 
and they had no idea. Like I carried so well, like my little baby just like knew what to do. (laughs) He knew he was like to get in that position where he's not really sticking out so much (laughs) so they could put me in the freaking uh, girdle. He should have been getting paid. Oh yeah, maybe he's a... Maybe he's a natural born actor. He really is. Like, I was like, oh my God, baby, like, don't kick, don't do anything crazy. Like, we are rolling. Um, But yeah, they had no idea that I was doing that, that I was pregnant. On my last day, I was like, I wonder if they know and like talk about it behind my back. So I like tested it out with the hair lady. I was like, but on my last day, I was like, you know, I'm pregnant, right? And she like flipped out and lost her shit. So I was like, oh, okay, no one knows. No one knows. Because if, if like someone had known it would have traveled so fast, like she would have eventually heard it. And I could tell by her reaction, she had no right. idea. Um, but that was really awesome. And that was a movie with um, the, with Steven Soderbergh as the director called Good No Sudden Move. Yeah. And he's fucking amazing. And what was the, I, I got to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. What can I you mean, tell us about? I mean, he's like such a master. Like he like... I mean, it was definitely, I mean, and I like honestly haven't even been on that many movies. So I was like, I'm just kind of starting out like I did, you know, Uncut Gems and that had to come out for people to like know who I was. And then a few months later did No Sudden Move. Um, and PVT chat. Oh, chat right, right, right. Before. Private chat. That actually came before Uncut Gems. Right, that was shot. Which is funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But like, I don't know. I don't really consider that acting because I literally had no idea what I was doing. And I never like memorized the line. Actually, it was all improv. Like I didn't. Oh, you're great. oh wow. Yeah. Great. Like I, it was not. So to me that I kind of look at that as just like, like a fun, like a fun test little run. Pro- test run yeah, project that right. I did. Um, but that was like, you know, that was kind of because when I did that, Uncut Gems was still like, you know, uh, maybe like I wasn't confirmed yeah, yeah. for it. Right. So I was like, you know like let me get some practice like or something i don't know i just wanted to like do practice yeah like what you guys like a practice run um but anyway so working with steven was amazing like he's just like one two takes he knows he got it you know like he's not over here like doing it a thousand times like the safety brothers are more like a thousand times Mm -hmm. but that also could just be me (laughs) 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 um but definitely like you could tell he just he breathes and sleeps the shit like he's holding the camera and like he's the dp and also like it's just and and also the director like he's just really and i think he edits his movies as well does it all yeah like he's so he's like so goals and it's so fucking chill and so nice and does he like wake up super early like is he like type a like see, i don't know that because with covid and all those restrictions i couldn't really right. like there was it wasn't like uncut gems where it was like a party the whole time like right. everyone in my trailer everyone in my hotel right, right, like right. it was like and also i was in detroit i was pregnant i was alone it was like you know for almost a month um but there was never really like opportunities for there weren't like even crafty like wasn't like a community space that you right. could like go and eat it was like a trip yeah. to get out right. so totally i i didn't get as close to him as i know that i would have if the circumstances had been different but um he definitely seems like one thorough ass motherfucker like <laughs> everything is perfect um and you feel safe yeah like i knew i was going to be taken care of and the batman let me do what i wanted you really just feel like you're in the presence of a, a uh-huh. true pro. Yeah, yeah, major. And then um, Benicio del Toro is amazing. Big show. So funny. So fucking funny. And while I was with him, I was like, 
oh my God, you were in fear and loathing. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just like all yeah, these yeah, movies yeah, came right. back. Yeah. And then I was like fangirling like hard, um, but keeping it cool, you know. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, no, we, we actually became bros. Like, like we became homies and, and, you know, we exchanged numbers in the end and whatever. But um, like on a friend and a friend. To, but that's the thing. Like no one knew I was pregnant. Like I, it was just, you know, I, I just kept being like, damn, I wish I could just tell them. But, you know, as you're kind of told that, you know, people don't really like pregnant women. Like they do, but stay far away. Right. Like we yeah. love you and we admire you at a distance. But right. like we don't want you in our workspaces. Like that's kind yeah. of like what the vibe yeah. has always kind of been. What do you think and, that is? Ah, uh, because they're no longer a woman that can be had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're off the market. Yeah, and a yeah, lot yeah. of that I think is probably just that like patriarchal bullshit. Like, oh well, she's like off limits anyway. So yeah, what's yeah, the point yeah, of having yeah. her around if there isn't the chance that I can toy with the idea right, right, of right. potentially fucking her? Yeah. Um yeah. which I get it. <laughs> I do. Um, but you know, it is fucked up because we're still the same fucking person where we just now have a fucking baby to also take care of and think about. Um, but, and also with COVID nobody, like I was going to do this really big job and the, and I, we told them, look, I'm pregnant because at that point it was like impossible to hide. And literally the producers were, were like with COVID, we like can't take the chance of like getting you sick. Uh, like yeah, our yeah. insurance just won't cover you. Right. So it's like, ugh, the fuck? Cause also it's like, there's no studies that say that like pregnant women get affected more. Actually there's studies that say that pregnant women bounce back faster because we have all the like antibodies of right. like protecting this child. Right. So it's like, you know, it's such a, which I get it though. It's like a new thing. There aren't that many, you know, studies about it, but also I really do think that I'm immune to COVID because I spent an entire day in a hotel room, half the size of this room with someone that had COVID and did not get it. Yeah. I've heard, like, I've heard of a couple people that happened to it. Like, yeah. It really and you know, there's sense. that whole thing that like, Oh, positive blood, you know, that yeah, like myth yeah. and I have O positive blood. So I was like, damn, maybe that shit is true. Like maybe I really am fucking immune and I got that good rare blood. <laughs> and you're Italian. Yeah. And I'm Italian. So. <laughs> oh, Italians are immune. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. I don't know about that. <laughs> My, my mom's been on lockdown for she's so depressed right now she's just like going through it she called me like i'm so depressed i'm like i literally can't help you i'm sorry <laughs> she's not vaccinated she's getting her vaccine and then she's like afraid of the vaccine right, yeah a lot of older people are afraid yeah, of the yeah, vaccine yeah. there's that vaccine there's that general mistrust of um you know those types of things but i don't give a fuck i'll take all the vaccines yeah no same there was that great don't clip, care. I don't know if you saw it, of like Italians partying on their like decks, like in yeah. the middle of quarantine. There was like it was a guy beautiful. DJing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. so oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Like, this is how we do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Now I love, I, I really do love Italy and I, I love Italians, but I am just such an American girl. Like I really am. I was just born that way. Like I'm my father's USA, daughter, baby. 100%. What? USA, baby. Yeah, I, I really am. You know, I like I like things and I like them now. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like things like that. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm just so get it done, like going always so fast. So, you know, Italy's just 
kind of where you have to like sit back and enjoy life and then take like 10 naps a day. And I'm just like, no, 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 nobody has time for that. <laughs> but So going back a little bit, um, I'm just curious if uh, before you were in private chat, if like being an actress and pursuing that as a career was the main goal. No. No, I wanted to be like the greatest artist alive. Like I wanted to just make art of like and cover all mediums and then I wanted to be a filmmaker and 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 all that stuff. And then I but I then I also wanted to be like a mogul and make com start companies. Like I was just like always like I'm just so crazy. Like I just wanted to do everything. And I really have done so much. Like I really do have like a very large repertoire of um careers and career changes and just trying to figure out what I like um but like at least though I can say like at least I was proactive in trying to figure it out like I know yeah. a lot of my friends like literally my age still haven't figured it out and are like not trying to right yeah like they don't have that like angst yeah, like if yeah, I wasn't yeah. doing anything I'd be like really like even being pregnant was like very hard yeah yeah, yeah I couldn't like, Gotta, like you know keep on the move yeah. exactly you were doing nightlife stuff for a while um well yeah no i don't know people say i was doing nightlife stuff and like they think i was this party girl but no i was just a drug addict like it had nothing to do with parties it could have literally been a fucking that's the gig yeah. yeah yeah it could have literally been a basement trap house like it didn't matter where <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um but i did have a i was an investor in a nightclub and and that did not end well because of my like release um sick ex-boyfriend who's sick at the time with addiction and um it kind of all came crumpling down but we're cool now we were totally friends and but you know it just sucks because it it was very bad which, was yeah. like, which nightclub was it it was called happy endings yeah oh yeah yeah and like if you like google what happened it's a crazy story it was oh, covered yeah. i remember it being a crazy story but i can't remember the story so basically um long story short we're in this club. Uh, my boyfriend and I had broken up, but we're both starting to see other people. Um, so everything's supposed to be fine. But then one day he gets in his feelings and he basically physically assaults me in the club and then breaks my phone. And he does it. And everyone saw like that. That was the part that like really yeah. fucked me up is because I know that women are never believed. Yeah. But you, right. so many people yeah. saw it. And then it I was, was like, like wow, up. like they will literally choose to just like not get involved, which yeah. I think is so crazy because if I see any type of fight, I always get involved. Always. Yeah. Um, I never just let it go. I, I don't do that. Um, and especially if it's a girl against a guy. Like I've even almost gotten my ass whooped getting in between a guy and his girlfriend. Um, whatever though. Anyway, so... He attacks me and I say, look, I'm not going to call the cops. Just buy me a new phone. He doesn't want to buy me a new phone. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to call the cops. I'm going to say that you assaulted me because um, he did. But I just wanted a new phone. I literally was going to let it slide. Like I literally was going to let it slide. I was going to be like, you know what? New Fine. Phone, we're good. It's okay. I could take a hit. Just I like I'm not going to let you fuck me out of a phone, though. 
and he wouldn't do it. He actually went to the lost and found of happy ending and came back with like an iPhone four or some crazy shit. And I was like, if you think I'm going to fucking walk around with that, you're insane. But with a, with a passcode on it, had a passcode. So it's like locked. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to shove this up your ass. That's what I'm going to do with this phone. So whatever, I call the cops and then it just was a fucking domino effect of just like it totally spiraled. Um, and, you know, obviously after that, I actually left New York because it just felt like so unsafe here yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. Not like I like was threatened, but I just felt like, wow, like y'all fucking suck. Like you guys literally all suck. Like you guys like all think like I'm crazy and like, like I deserved it or something. Like that was the vibe. Right. And this was like before me too. Yeah, this was yeah. before like people gave a fuck, yeah, yeah. you know? And... And like people were like still friends with him and like it was just such a like slap in the face all the time, um, you know. And then what happened was the nightclub banned me from coming back. Wow. I'm an investor. I actually put well, money in this place. Exactly. <laughs> no, it was like literally insane. It was um, Max LeVay and Oliver Stum from Cafe Select. They banned me, but they said we're going to ban him too. Then I find out he's still fucking going there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like on principle, like it's over for you guys. Yeah. And I mean, there's no longer a happy ending. Yeah. It was pretty. And you can ask them why. I won't get into details, but I fucking. Good work. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. Like they're like literally such misogynist pieces of shit. And then what happened was they were like, oh. They were like all conspiring against me. And the thing is, I have like friends everywhere. I have ears and eyes everywhere. And they were going to make a website and they were going to open it in Switzerland where this Oliver Stum from Cafe Select is from. And they were going to out me. They were going to use images of me. They were going to say, you know, I was a sex worker dominatrix. Um, I was um, a drug addict. Like all this stuff basically coming for me and my character. Whoa. So that's why I released my first book called mm-hmm. Symptomatic of a Relationship Gone Sour, which like went totally fucking viral. People still hit me up for that book to this day, but it's just too lit. Like I just cannot <laughs> sell that book. Um, if there's photos of it on the internet, you can read about it. Oh, but it's never released. Oh no, it was released, but like only like maybe like 200 copies oh, yeah. ever. And oh, so. like, I remember it, I was selling them at, for like $20, like yeah. just pennies. And places were buying it and reselling it for like five hundred. Yeah, like it was yeah. like that big. It was so like, it, and it kind, yeah, now. exactly. And yeah. it, it kind of got like a cult following just for being so like real and raw. And there was like real images of abuse, and there was images of drug use, and there was like little just like mementos from my childhood, um, like my like missing poster from when I was like a runaway, um, and and my my boyfriend's like jail ID card, which you're like not ever supposed to have because they're always supposed to have it on them. And he like gave it to me, which was like major, but obviously he got in a lot of trouble for that. But that's kind of like their way of being like, you know, I love you so much. Um, Like just like stuff like that from Rikers Island and just like stuff like that, you know? And I was like, well, if you guys want to come for me, like I'll just put it all out there and then you guys will have nothing on me. Yeah. And then that like drew even more attention to the saga and just being this big fucking thing. So I was like, you know, at that point, you know, after releasing that book and like it going so fucking viral, like literally broke the internet. It was like the most searched thing, like on whatever 
site that I had released it on. I don't even remember. What year was this? Like when was this? 2015. Yeah. And um, I moved to Louisiana. I like had to get out because I just felt so vulnerable because I was like, in a way I was like, yeah, I fucking showed them like, you know, like I, you know, releasing my own dirt, you know, opening my closet. But on the other hand, I was like, fuck, I feel like really naked right now. Like everyone like now knows all this stuff about me. Um, yeah, like you thought it would feel better than it did. Yeah. Well, no, it initially felt great because I was like, huh, what are they going to do now? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like that was like what they were going to do. And um, but then I was like, oh, <laughs> like I feel very bare right yeah. now. Then I went to Louisiana. Um, Why Louisiana? I had friends down there. My friends Jack and, and John from mm, Salem. Big show. Yeah, love them so much. Went down there and then we just like, it was just a shit show down there too. I call it Dehab. Like how some people go to Dehab. Because I just literally went. It just like got messier. Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, like yeah. it was good. It, it I, I, I loved, good I loved, honestly, ha- I mean, half of it was healthy, positive. The other half was very, very bad. I had to leave. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then shortly kind of after that, um, Uncut Gems came around and um, and then I got into acting. But my whole life, everyone always said, like, you should be an actress. Those, These are the three things I've always gotten. Like, you should be an actress. Um, you should be a writer. You should make a movie about your life. Those are like the right. three things I've gotten forever. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on my book. I would like to make a movie maybe one day, but I don't really have interest. That's not the topic that would interest me to do, but eventually I'll get there and, and I'm working on that. Um, and um but also i do want to plug my podcast yeah oh yeah it's Let's called it. um it's going to be released i think next weekend um stay tuned for the actual release date and it's called fantasy hour and my co-host is my really iconic original e-girl nikki takesh oh, and um yeah she's amazing and um it's in association with serving the people, which we know is like a creative incubator and they kind of help artists like make their, their thing, their projects come to life. Um, so I'm really excited to be teaming up with them and it's going to be fucking crazy. Our first guest, I'm not going to get into too many details, but our first guest is a detective from a, I don't want to give away what, whatever, (laughs) but from a major city on the East coast, (laughs) <laughs> um, and he was also my old very trusted loyal um slave which is a what dominatrix is referred to as their clients are called slaves and um yeah i think we're gonna do what a lot of people want to do to cops so <laughs> stay tuned. Oh, it's gonna crazy. get crazy. Oh, wow. so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Insane. That um, episode comes out next weekend. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we're, we're that's our first episode, and we have a long list of amazing guests as well. I don't want to announce anyone until we actually shoot because you never know what could happen in between that time. Yeah. But all our guests are like very basically the whole point of the podcast is like we really want like unique, fresh, interesting perspectives, whether we agree with them or not. Um, I think it's still you know, refreshing to hear different ideas um, and argue. So arguing is always fun. 
Um, but yeah, we basically just want to like, it's a fantasy, you know, it's fantasy hour. Like who's the craziest person you could think of? We're probably going to get them. So <laughs> yeah. It sounds like the first podcast I'll actually listen to. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, like I'm not a podcaster. Like I'd never listen to podcasts. Like I'd never, but I've always had this like thing in the back of my mind. Like I would be such a good podcast person. Like I just know that I would like just be always putting on like cool guests and cool, unique, interesting perspectives. And also eventually I do want to open it up to the public. And, and you know, if you have a crazy story, if there's something that you, you think people should know about that only you know about, um, yeah. definitely come on. Um, so that'll be that'll be really, really fun to do. Love that. Yeah. Beautiful! Thank wow, you. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. podcasting is a is an art. Mm-hmm. New rock stars. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah. Um, but okay, so then you came back to New York, going back now. Uh, yeah, after Louisiana, and so was uh, no, no, I didn't come back to New York. I hmm. came back to New York for like a t- like a month, and I had an art show called PTSD which also went kind of viral. Um, and I had another book from PTSD. Um, and that art show was very much like, just like the time of being in Louisiana and coming off of this like really traumatic experience mm-hmm. with my ex-boyfriend and the whole entire city of New York, which I had huge resentment against because, you know, my ex-boyfriend's not from here. I'm from here. Like y'all were supposed to have my back, but then again, it's like y'all not even really from here either. You know, all these yeah, people aren't yeah. from here, so it was kind of like, damn, like what is this city? Like the city's not even like ours anymore. If like all these little fuckers from, you know, wherever the fuck can come and like think they run shit, um, you know. And I think growing up in New York, you do have that sense of like, this is mine, but is it? You know, because yeah. the, everyone's just not from here. It's so yeah. hard to meet like a real New Yorker because they're all dead, like or like not here, or yeah, they've got, yeah. or they're in California. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and I, obviously, I'm not referring to the outer boroughs. There's a lot of New Yorkers in the outer boroughs. I'm talking about Manhattan specifically. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, it's a lot of you know out of town kids, which is great, and I love them. And a lot of my best friends are now from other places but you know I did kind of feel like you know what the fuck like this would never fly if like it was real New Yorkers right um well it's like an ownership thing it's like once the out-of-towners start having ownership yeah you know and or just having an opinion yeah you know, like go take your fucking opinion and yourself back to Milwaukee. Like, <laughs> fuck you. Um, but yeah, I definitely had a huge, huge resentment. I did not want to come here at all. Um, yeah, really, it was it 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 was like coming back was like a very slow, like grueling process because I really was, and I don't think I realized it at the time because I was so in defense mode. I had to defend myself from these men that were coming for me that I didn't really grieve. Like I never really had a grieving process. Like I never really mo- even mourned the breakup itself. Just right. that, yeah. you know, because I just immediately was like, oh my god, attack mode. Like I need to defend myself. Um, and also just not let them win. Like for my own personal, like, how are you going to do me? Like do any girl like that and then expect to get away with it. Like you have another thing coming, you know, (laughs) it was just like for all women, I had to just, you know, put up my biggest fight. 
Well, it sounds like you did. Yeah, and and I really, really, I we came out. We has in me came out <laughs> came out victorious. I think you know all those guys are fucking losers now. Like they got nothing. You know? the story is like Max back. lost that gallery. He fucked. Yeah. He fucked up his galleries. Um, Oliver's always just been like a miserable loser, um, <laughs> ugly, miserable, horrible taste in music. Like, oh my God, I just got to put it on public record. Yeah, yeah. The worst fucking music. He'd be like at a happy ending, like this music sucks. Like, oh, I want a DJ. And then he'd be playing like shake and pop, shake and pop. Do you guys know that song? <laughs> yeah, shake and pop. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Every night shake and pop. It's like, this isn't 1999, bro. Yeah. Like nobody wants to fucking listen to that. Like, <laughs> Psychopath. What did you want on? What? What what music did you want on? Some hip hop. He was like hip hop is low brow. Like that's yeah. gonna oh, bring that's like gonna that. bring a bad crowd. Yeah, yeah, he literally that, said that. Like, that type of uh, yeah. That's a he's full fucking racist. Yeah. He's full fucking sexist. Yeah, that, that's like, like the I feel, that was like a very two thousands. I remember like Lit Lounge got in trouble for doing that shit. Like that yeah. era of yeah, club which is love so wow. The like justification yeah. was always used that it would bring the wrong crowd. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is like what are you what are you saying? Oh, they're full <laughs> racist. They're full yeah. racist. Even if you look at the reviews of Happy Ending like on yelp it's like they wouldn't let me and my black friends in they let me and not my black friend yeah, they yeah, let yeah. like it's like they're actually like full racist yeah. Yeah. um and i'm so glad that i broke ties with them because i knew something was off um and then i got the confirmation and um yeah that shit is just so not cool like it is just so fucking not cool also you know um not letting in people that grew up in the neighborhood because yeah, they're yeah. like of a right. different skin color, but right. they're from this fucking neighborhood, yeah, exactly. you piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. You're from Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> what balls do you have on yeah. you from Switzerland, homie? Oh, uh, like, yeah. People like walking into this like elitist country club thing. Yeah. And it's, it's so not the vibe. And I really do love the way that things are moving now because there is this like really inclusivity. Um, that I just love, you know, I really do love, like the pie is big enough for all of us. And if not, the pie will just get bigger. Like, yeah. you know, like why keep the pie small and the people that yeah. can eat it like few, you know, I, I really do love that so many people are getting more, you know, they're just getting their time to shine. And, and I think that's like just so beautiful. And I'm so, so, so happy that's, that that is the case, but you know, obviously a long, long road ahead, but in the right direction for sure. I yeah. think. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take Milwaukee over Switzerland. Any day. Right? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Switzerland is very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But you know, they're a little boring. They're not gonna <laughs> listen. They're not gonna win up up against New York. No. Okay, yeah, Switzerland. No. Like, <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. So how did so tell us about Uncut Gems? Yeah. I mean, Uncut Gems is amazing. It just felt like I was making a movie with my friends. Um, it was just really. How did it start though? Well, the, Josh kind of wrote that when he wrote that script. I, I read the first draft of that script ever. I still have it in my emails. Um, it is so different than what actually ended up happening. Um, um, but it was so good. And I it was the, actually, I think, probably the first script I ever read, to be honest. And um, and I just loved it. I really did. I loved it. And I, I helped him a lot develop the cat character, like, you know, every few months he would call me and ask me questions like, what would you do if like this happened? What would you do? And I would kind of, you know, help him with that. And and so when the time came and then they made they, then they made um, that one with Robert Pattinson, um, Good Time. 
and nope. And then they made Heaven Knows What, and then they made Good Time, and then I was like, "Are you guys ever gonna make this movie that yeah, you right. want me to like, be in?" Right. Yeah. Um, because this movie was like planned before all of those movies. That's what it was all leading to. Yeah, exactly. It really was. It's all timing. Everything in life is timing, and um, yeah. So when 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 the time finally came, at that point, it had gotten so big that he they, he was like, you know, Julia, honestly, I you know now that. Scott Rudin is involved in these big studios. Like, you know, there's a chance that like they might want a bigger actress and, and blah, blah, blah. And I totally understood. Like, I was like, you know what? I like actually get that. And I'm like, not even mad at all. A, because I didn't realize like what an opportunity Uncut Gems would be or how, and B, because I just didn't realize what bi- how big the movie would be. Right. You know, yeah, like yeah. I had no idea. So. Well, they were of a different, they weren't nearly as big when they first uh, asked you about it, right? exactly yeah, yeah. they were still like just indie, exactly yeah. you know whatever so i was like don't worry about it whatever like it's fine um but then when i did the screen test then i realized like oh this is like really serious like i kind of need this yeah, like yeah. like yeah. if i if i hadn't been chosen after the screen test i think i would have been upset i would have been like what the fuck? Yeah. Like yeah. I literally, like I know this character is mine. Like I literally, like I feel like I birthed her. I'm like the, the 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 mom, and Josh is the dad, and she's our baby. And like that's me. Like that's kind of already helping write the character. Exactly. Yeah, I right. was already helping so much throughout the process. So I felt like, fuck, like, and then also I'd be like, how can a bitch play me better than me? Yeah. You right. know, right. like that would have also been like. Yeah, and that's I think that's kind of what happened. Like girls would come and and they would they would do their uh, audition, but they just weren't me. Like that yeah, was yeah. really it. They they could they weren't getting it. Yeah, yeah. And then but but and but Josh really did and I fucking love Josh because he really really took a chance on me. You know, he really was like like no, I know that she can do this. He'd never seen me act before. I never ever did it ever. So it was like he really, he really was like, yeah, I really love him for that because a lot of people are scared to like take chances, especially with when you're playing with people's money and stuff, yeah, and yeah, studios yeah. and your career. But he like knew, and I really do think he's like a genius. I really think so. And um, you knew? Did you know him like way prior to? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we would like cross paths here and there, but you know, New York is a small town. You kind of, yeah. if you're from here and he is, you know, everyone, like you just know, we know, all know each other. All when the did the conversation New about the movie start though? I think he was literally just like, I think it was a text message and he was like, I'm making a movie and I want you to be in it. And then he asked me for my email address and sent me the script. Yeah. That's like kind of how yeah. My, yeah it was very straight yeah. to the point. Yeah, he's very like straight to the point. He yeah. he he doesn't like you know dance around things. Um, and jumping ahead to Soderbergh, was that something that you got cast? Uh, like, what, did you get cast in that like through an agent or like was that a similar to Steven Soderbergh? Um, Steven Soderbergh specifically asked for for me to be yeah. in it. I'm pretty sure that that's what happened. Um, yeah, that was just an offer. Like, I never did an audition for that. Um, so it's always direct with you. Yeah, it is really nice. is. Yeah. It's always, like, the director being, like, her, you know? <laughs> and that's the thing. It's, like, it kind of has to be that way because, you know, 
I'm not the greatest at auditions. I'm not terrible at it. Like I'm pretty good. I, I think I am a good actress. I really do. Like even yesterday during the the podcast, like I started acting because I was pretending something. Right. But like Nikki totally fell for it. And then I had to text her and be like, yo, I'm fucking lying. You know, like it's, I'm acting. We were in the and same she room. Was like, yeah, we were yeah. in the same room. And she was like, wow, you really are a good actress. And I was like, yeah, hello. So I get paid the big bucks. Um, I was an Uncle Jumps. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of like like that. But right now I have a few, a few offers, which I'm not sure I'm going to take. I have one offer on a script that I actually still have to read. Um, I'm up for something in that shoots in California, which I'm also not 100% sure about. It's just so hard because it's like, you don't want to be in a bad movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. you've got like, a good track record. Yeah, yeah really like do. I really don't want to be in a bad movie. Like, But I also really want to work. You know, part of me is just like, yeah, just fucking say yes. And then the other part of me is like, but wait, like, chill out. You know, like, yeah. you don't want to be in a bad movie. Like, there's nothing worse than that. But it sounds like you earlier were kind of painting a stark contrast between Soderbergh's set and Asafi's set. Well, I mean, it was COVID, you know? Right. But... Like, that 100%. And also, I'm not in my city. I'm in Detroit. It's COVID lockdown. Yeah. Everyone's really doing the six feet. That yeah, people yeah, are yeah. double masking. It's a movie set, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah. like, if, like, I know that there was one scare and it was actually a contaminated machine, thank God. Whoa. But they had to shut everything down for a few days and then retest everyone. And I mean, this is a major Hollywood production. Like, yeah. a few mm. days delay equals like millions of dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the anxiety and the tension was high. Right. Like, it was not like the ha ha, you know, kidding mm -hmm. around type of set. It was like anxiety all the way, you know, and things need to go exactly as planned. So, obviously, you know, it was super different. Um, but still very positive environment, in my opinion. Um, really exciting vibes, but a lot of anxiety because of this fucking pandemic. Right. As opposed to like private chat, which I imagine was like casual. -ish. That was like a freaking hangout with yeah. friends, like a chill one. Yeah. And was that a similar thing with getting cast in that? Was pretty that much. Just, yeah. It was just like, a, will you do this? Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. How was uh, working with Peter Vack? Um, Peter's great. He's really funny. Um, yeah, he's a really nice guy. Um, yeah, but we kind of lost touch. I don't, I don't, like, don't even think I have his number anymore, but he's very, he's an interesting actor. He's a really good actor. He's he like is, the first is, time yeah. I ever really saw an actor, like be an actor. And I was right. like, whoa, like that was cool. Like yeah. he just like wanted to yeah, He's tapped in. Yeah. 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 He's been, yeah, he's a, he's a really good guy. Also New Yorker. Um, yeah. Cool dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. You're the chemistry in that and the acting I think is really yeah. good. Like yeah, it yeah. really just rings. Like I'm watching like a, it's like almost like a documentary. Like I feel yeah. Like real, yeah. Cause it, it kind of was honestly, yeah. you know, I just yeah. kind of went back to my like dominatrixing roots and, and was like pulling from there and just like pretty much like being myself, but I was a little bit acting. Like I, yeah. I, I was starting to understand like how it worked. Right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, at first it was a little hard to like differentiate and be like, no, I'm in character now. Like now I can do it. Um, but 
over. I don't know. Whatever you guys get what I'm saying. How how close to the character? What is your own experience? Like there was it was like dominatrix artist. Like there was you know there's yeah. plot elements there. That scene. yeah yeah there were. Um, it was different though. Like I feel like I feel like her, her art kind of sucks. <laughs> um, like I wouldn't do that at all. Yeah. Um. But the dominatrix thing was pretty much spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Although I didn't really ever do webcams like that. I think I did it like a few times, like because they like made me do it at the dungeon. They were like trying to build out their webcamming thing and made me do it. But so it was mostly mostly in person. It was mostly yeah. in person. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Do you like it better in person or is it kind of nice? Definitely. Definitely. Because also, I don't know if this motherfucker is recording the screen and and going to use it for something else or, you know, yeah, I just wouldn't, I would not, uh, from a, from a financial business standpoint, I don't think that that's a good investment because he can record this, A, get off to you a bunch of times, just rewatching it, Mm -hmm. you know, at least in person, he has to see me to come right. in you know i just think it's a better and also i think it's overall just also a better experience i i enjoyed a dominatrix thing for the first for the most part um i look back at it as a positive experience and something that was enriching to me and also kind of where i got my start in acting because yeah, um you are playing a character and sometimes you could be playing five characters a day yeah. you know and it's very much like ready set go you yeah, know like yeah this um like for instance like uh he has like a mommy fetish you have to be his really mean mom um and that's all you get right right so it's like yeah. okay yeah you get a little artistic license with that exactly yeah. so and then you just have to go and you have to fill up an hour i mean i never lasted a full hour but you have to <laughs> you know go yeah. in and really do the whole set thing and make this fantasy happen for this person who's paying it almost money sounds harder than acting it is like you, you know, it's like you can't it multiple is. takes it's like it's just whatever happens yeah is what it is it is it is because you have to really like feel out what they want there's no script yeah, so yeah. you're kind of the director writer actor right and the producer. prompts are very minimal yeah it's very just very like mommy yeah mommy it. nurse nun um, <laughs> whatever like yeah sister yeah yeah whatever yeah did you like feeling kind of disconnected and acting in that way? Did it like, uh, you know, kind of interfere with your own personal sex life in any way? Definitely. Oh my God. It killed my sex life. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. But I killed it. assume some people are different, so I don't know. Killed it. It was like, A, because now I'm looking at sex, even though in dominatrixing there is no sex, um, because then it's, you're not doming them if you're having sex with yeah, them. Yeah, that's just not dominated anyone that does that you're i think a prostitute i would think if you're getting paid money but there are lifestyle doms that then do enjoy but whatever anyway so um then now i'm looking at at men as this means for money right and i'm looking at my time as a means for money right yeah and then i'm also looking at men differently Mm -hmm. now they're like you know or just something like beneath you right um and and yeah after like pretty much after i started dominatrixing the sex in my life and the intimacy in my life became very very minimal um and it still is the way (laughs) (laughs) right so then because like sex then felt like it was your work transactional yeah yeah Yeah. it all feels like work right 
or felt like work. And right. I and also I just became super just into making money and and not really about wasting my time with boys. And also I was a teenager, so it's like um You weren't in a relationship during this period. No, yeah. no, no, no. Um that would have not definitely not worked out. <laughs> yeah. But overall, you know, I got in, I got out, which is amazing because a lot of women really do stay stuck in it. Yeah. But lucky for me, I'm like have such bad ADD and like or oh, I'm always moving on to like different things. I really do think that my inability to stay still in one thing is like what kind of pushed me out right, of it, right. you know, because you can get comfortable. Like I remember yeah. when I got in it, I was still in high school and I was living at my friend's house and her apartment was literally a fourth of this room and it was her mom was such a hoarder and we shared a bunk bed and the bunk bed had shit all over it and it was just such uh you know i really no windows smoky smoke cigarettes um just no room dirty cockroaches like it was gross yeah, yeah. um and i and, it, and i a month working at the dungeon and i had enough for you know, a security deposit mm -hmm. for someone's rent yeah. and all that. And so I was able to like get my own apartment and, you know, like I, I was, I was freshly 18 with my new apartment and was paying all my own bills like Con Edison and Time Warner Cable and, and being really self-sufficient at a really young age, you know? So I just entered the workforce like very early and, and I didn't really have time for guys, you know, mm -hmm. like I just, it didn't really interest me. Well, there's something to be said for having that level of agency over your finances that young. Well, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. You know, it was either that or live in this squalor. Right. You know, and I always did want more for myself. Like, I always knew that I wanted more and I wanted better. Like, I knew better was out there and I knew that I could get it. I just had to take it. It wasn't going to be, like, handed to me. Um, and that's kind of just how it's always been. Yeah. Like I've, I've always known that there is better. Like I'm one of those people where it's like, if you're in a situation, how you, some people are like, well, you know, it could always be worse. I'm the opposite. It could always be better. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's good. You know, that's a good way. To I think. don't ever want to settle, you know, yeah. Yeah. and I don't ever want to go back to like where I have been, where I was. That's like, a commonality I, of most successful people is like not being satisfied. Yeah. Which is ironic because then you're not happy some like a lot of the time because you're keeping yourself in this state of hunger. Well, yeah. you're happy in the transition right. to the next thing. Like, yeah. Then when you're at the next thing, you're like, okay, wait, now what's the next thing? Yeah. But my comfort comes from the journey. Right. Not yeah. really so much the destination. Yeah. yeah I'm right. definitely much more of a journey person. Um, and and I think that's a good thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Did your mentality change after after Gems? Like, did you feel like you have momentum now? And Definitely. It felt like, you know, the doors had finally opened for me. Um, and, and now I feel like things are much more attainable. Things are much more reachable. But obviously, it's the same thing of like, well, it's not going to get handed to me. Like, I still have to put in work. And then another thing was like, now that I am more of a public figure in that sense I felt like well now I need to like behave now like I can't really be doing like all these crazy things anymore but it's like at the end of the day you know I'm not like a Natalie Portman right. you know I'm still yeah. Julia Fox and like if the the reason I even got this major movie role with no prior real acting experience um 
is because of who I am. Yeah. So I, and that's kind of where the, the idea of the podcast came from because it's like, I still want to be me. Like I still want to have yeah. my voice and, and do my things and, 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 and I love acting so much and I love creating so much. And, um, hopefully my podcast doesn't fuck that up for me, but, but even <laughs> if it does, so be it. Cause yeah. I have to be myself and I have to do the things that feel true to me. And I can't like play a part in my real life, you know, like right. I have to be true to myself, yeah. you know, I have to be authentic. I feel like people that are truly happy are the people that are being honest in their day to day lives and are true to themselves and, and do what they feel and, and, you know, are, are themselves. Right. Well, that's, feel- why, that's why like people like that are like closeted, like gay or whatever, they're so miserable when they're in the closet, when yeah. they're not out. Yeah. And you're like, but who cares what you do with your sexuality? But it's like a state of being. It's yeah, like you, right. you want to be honest and you want to live authentically, you know, and I really feel like the truth will set you free. Like they act so cliche to say, but it's so true. Like yeah. the That's second fast. you're really being yourself and, yeah. and whatever, you just feel like at home, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. Yeah, well, your character's... Um, feel like yeah like an extension of you yeah they're like my little babies but you know I definitely do and I I can also play characters that are so far from me Um, I think that was like one of the things with Unka Jumps they were like yeah she was really good but she was playing herself it's like no dude that was fucking acting like do you know how many fucking times I had to do that take and and (laughs) get into that mentality and the screaming and the crying and the yelling like that was I wasn't just mad that day you know (laughs) like that yeah. was that was acting, guys. Mm-hmm. Does that extend to the Soderbergh role? Like, do you feel like an extension of yourself there? Um, Since we don't know. Well, about I that. think with all actors, you kind of have to tap into like a part of yourself or kind of reach for emotions that you've stored. Like, I feel like all actors bring a little bit of yeah. themselves yeah. into their character. You have to. Mm-hmm. We're not robots. Yeah. Um. So I definitely, I think that I became Vanessa you know, rather than Vanessa yeah, becoming yeah, yeah. me, like right. I became, that's the name of the the girl. Um, and I just, you know, I had to be like, you know, what, what would I feel like in 1940 something? I'm in, um, at kind of abusive relationship. I'm cheating on my husband. I'm, you know, you have to like get into that. Yeah. It's like yeah. what it is. Well, if you're acting, you have to kind of, um, feel, and kind of catalog maybe even your everyday experiences more. Yeah. Because you have to, you know, be able to have them in like some type of recall system. Yeah, which yeah. I definitely do. I think a lot of girls do. Girls yeah. can do that really well. We're very in touch with our emotions yeah. and we can cry the drop of a dime and we're just much more like yeah, fluid yeah. with our feelings. No, Whereas I've, men are a little more rigid and a little more stoic. I think women yeah. are much more free in that sense. No, totally. I, uh, I may have been on set for gems a few days, and I saw you. Uh, I saw you get into it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Where were you? Club seat or yeah, something? Yeah, was club scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, you definitely. That yeah, was you acting. Saw, you saw yeah, it. Exactly. Thank you. you she was acting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will vouch. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't just mad that day. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your movie that you want to make. Or just um, so- I mean, I have so many scripts and, and so I, I love, love, love writing. Um, and I have a few scripts. I have two for TV shows and 
one like completed one and then I have a bunch of like unfinished ones that I was just got an idea and started writing um the one that I mean I'll just whatever I'll tell you guys the one that I'm so so obsessed with um was inspired by my best friend and my sister Richie Shazam and um she's like a famous model and has her own tv show now and blah 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 but like back in the day I used to help her write her like interviews questions. Like it's always like the same dumb questions. Like, like where are you from? What are you doing? And I, right. I was like, oh, this is so boring. Like, let's answer and write like all these crazy things. Like, yeah. say that you grew up in the back of a sex shop and, <laughs> and all this stuff. And 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 then it's just like I'm not writing that. You crazy? And I was like, oh my god, but it would be such a good movie. And I literally wrote the script and like that night, and um. My character is a very young, um, either Indian or West Indian, whatever, either way, South American um, of like Asian descent um, who has been abandoned by the father. Mom is dying um, and grows up in the back of a sex shop in Sixth Avenue with his aunt and uncle. And it's a coming of age story. And the boys, he um, is he's about eight years old, nine years old, but he's like trans and knows it already. Like he mm -hmm. knows that he was supposed to be a woman. Um, so it's it's loose. The characters very much like Richie, but the story is um, like pretty different as well. Yeah. But and I would love to do that with Richie and like make that happen. That would be so amazing. Um so you completely you wrote that entire script. Yeah, it yeah, exists. It, it exists. It's so good. I mean, I think it's really, really good. <laughs> um, but who knows what people really think? That's the attitude. Yeah, and uh, my manager loves it. So, and I, I trust his opinion a lot. Um, and then, and then I have a few about TV shows. Um, one is a it, one is like a New York Euphoria kind of, but I wrote it like years, years before even Euphoria came out. But it's like that kind of vibe. Where, whereas I think Euphoria is like very like suburban like mm -hmm. kids and whatever that doesn't really apply to like city kids. Like as a city kid, I look at that and I'm like, whoa, like right, really feels yeah. very foreign. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you grow up in Manhattan specifically, you know, you kind of grow up in the shadows. Like this is not a town for children. Like children are kind of like a nuisance here, I feel like, or they're like... They just don't fit the machine. They're yeah. not turning the wheels of this big concrete machine. Um, so, you know, we kind of grow up like on the rooftops, in the stairwells, like in the alleys. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. we're always kind of on the side, especially if you're not one of like the rich kids that like go to the Hamptons on the weekends yeah, or like yeah, go to private schools or boarding schools or whatever. Like if you don't have money, you're here. You know, yeah. you're not mm -hmm. going anywhere. So that was kind of what my experience was like. But then I also, you know, my my mom being Italian, but not being rich at all. Um, but I did also have this, the my kind of saving grace was the ability that I could go to Italy and be with like that side of the family that were much more level-headed yeah. and, and much more traditional and much more solid, like my, my rock kind of. But obviously I wasn't there that much. I was mostly here. But I thank God for those times that I was like in the mountains and just like being a little kid yeah. because that was not it for me here at all here you're like when you're a little kid you're kind of like pretending to be an adult yeah right um so that you can like fit in here so I feel like here you can't really it's hard to have a childhood like a healthy one unless you have money yeah. which we did not right. at all so it was um 
that's kind of what that script is like. It's just writing about like these kids that are so marginalized and, and, um, yeah. And then I don't know, just a bunch of stuff, but pretty much that's the vibes. Which neighborhood did you grow up in in Manhattan? So we moved around a lot. There was actually also a time that we were homeless and lived here in Chinatown. And, um, I remember it was like a shared space with like other people. And then like one day there was like blood all over the floor and I, I was so young. I, I was like maybe five. And I like don't know what happened. But my dad just like picked me up and we never went back. Um, so we like bounced around a lot. And then finally my dad started to get steadier work and construction. And he befriended this real estate agent who really helped him out and was like, there's this apartment. Um, it's for sale. For like $175,000. Literally took him like 30 years to pay off. Right. Which is hilarious. Yeah. No like 20. Um, and and like hooked it up for us. Yeah. So that was. She was really amazing. Her name's Amy. I still remember her. And so I grew up in Yorkville. For mm-hmm. the most part. But you know I went to school downtown. Um, so I was always like up and down. And yeah. kind of all over. I pretty much lived in every neighborhood honestly. Yeah. I've lived in Chelsea. I've lived in Harlem. I've lived in Tribeca. I've lived in Alphabet City. I've lived in East Village, West Village. Do you have a favorite? I honestly, I I think the East Side. I'm definitely an yeah. East Side girl. Although I think the West Side's prettier. Um, I I'm more of an East Side girl. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like the East Side. Mm-hmm. But you, yeah, New York's such a weird thing because you're surrounded by like so much wealth everywhere you go. And like But also so much poverty. It, it, no, it's exactly. Yeah. It's like you're split no matter where you go. Yeah, well, you're that's, like split between the two worlds. Yeah, like no, that's kind of what Yorkville is because yeah. you know, on one side, so Yorkville's east of the Upper East Side and it um was very working class and then you have the projects. Mm-hmm. Um, in the nineties on like first Avenue or York or something like that. And, um, and then, you know, back then we had a lot of Harlem influence too. Like right. Harlem yeah. would come down and we would go up and it was, so I, I spent a lot of time in Harlem and, um, and so, you know, on one hand you're, you know, you walk a few avenues and you're in the richest zip code in the yeah, country exactly. And then you walk over there and you're in the project. So that was kind of what growing up there was like, because, you know, I had a Chanel bag that I stole, (laughs) but I was also just such a scrappy, like trap Mm. queen, you know, like I I was like ghetto, but I didn't really look like it, Mm. you know, (laughs) like that was kind of like the vibes, like, like, you know, nameplate, but like ripped up Converse or like, you know, like it was, that was like, the vibes um but i think it was it was good though because i got to to see that there was more you know i would look over there and be like yeah. i want to be like that mm, you right. know but they did not look at like me that yeah. way they were like right. oh, you know like scary um but i just knew it existed and i and i and i wanted to be like that like i wanted to you know my parents always always thought about money it was always money money, money. and i was like i just never want that to be something that I'm like anxious about exactly. or fighting yeah, yeah. about. Do you um, think the proximity to like that level of, of wealth was part of what 
definitely yeah yeah like going to like those people's houses and just being like wow like yeah right well that's like if you have your own room like you (laughs) know i i shared a room with my brother my Mm. life and it was like it sucks you don't want to share with a boy and like yeah yeah, yeah. so i i never really came home i just wasn't home ever i was always you know and my mom lived in italy so i always like my whole thing was always like these like having these like women like kind of take me in as their like daughter kind Mm -hmm. of like I've always had like a very strong woman who like took me in and so I do feel like I've had so many mothers and they were all so different and they all taught me so many different things and but I have like little life lessons from like all of them like I always reference you know um so you don't know whatever make the best what you have yeah yeah well there's the difference between if you're like living in you know, some small town somewhere and you like dream of the city, but here it's like, it's literally three blocks away. You can like physically see your, uh, dream life or whatever. Yeah, it's exactly. A, it's yeah. It's thing. not as segregated as like LA. For, yeah, exactly. for instance. Yeah. Um, and that's the beauty of New York is that we're all, we're all in it together. You know, you might live in your nice apartment and I might live in, a, a, a basement yeah. but we're sharing the city you yeah. know yeah, exactly. like we're sharing the same sidewalks and and we're interacting whether you like it or not <laughs> but but you see everything yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's beautiful sentiment yeah 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 it's a healthy yeah it's a healthy way of looking at it mm-hmm. well it gets rid of that the ownership thing when it's like it is it's a shared city like the city is for, for everyone it be is be it an out of town or someone who grew up here like it is the the common public space of the street is yeah. like it's all the same yeah i know it's just because like even if you're you know some like hyper rich uh upper east side or you still have to like yeah go to the deli and shit yeah so mm-hmm. everyone's going to the same or take the train you know yeah, exactly yeah. people take that if you're a, yeah, exactly. a rich new york person you're taking the yeah, train exactly. that you don't yeah. want to get stuck in traffic mm-hmm. um that's why the subway is so amazing yeah it's, like, it's the, like whoa you know you really get a, a little bit of everything on the subway um and we're all paying the same fee to be on it you know so so that is really beautiful about the city but it's hard when like all your landmarks all disappear. Like yeah, I feel yeah. like if you're from a small town, like that bar, yeah, that yeah, Dairy yeah. Queen, that right. whatever has all been there. You know, all the places I went to, they've all closed and and changed ownership and name like ten times. Right. Yeah. So it, it is kind of harder to to feel like this is home. Like it always right. feels like it's changing. The mask is always like right changing are there places in particular that you really miss Mm, yeah i mean it's like you don't really realize you miss them until you're like thinking about it but like the diner that i went to at three in the morning every night or you know like places like that um like where you just kind of would decompress and hang out with your friends and like yeah yeah diners bars um just even even like a the sunglasses store, like the video store, or yeah. like the dollar store that's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, video stores are definitely. It, yeah, the yeah. video stores. Oh my god, I love that! I l- literally, I grew up on above a video store and a dollar store, and um, like 
the video store was like my saving grace. Yeah. Like my dad had an account and I would just go and get all the movies and and I would just watch movies all the time. Do you I remember the name read. of the video store? Huh? Do you remember the name of the video store? It was called store? The Video Store. The Video Store. Mm -hmm. Chad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Do you miss anything from, I guess, the last uh, downtown era? Like, do you think it's changed a lot from, like, maybe early 2010s? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, although with the pandemic... It, it did start to kind of feel like how it, yeah, exactly. it was before yeah. because I feel like a lot of people that weren't from here went home yeah. mm -hmm. to be with their families and it kind of felt like the old city again. Yeah. A little dangerous, a little more authentic, a little more exciting. Yeah. yeah it, was, um, it was more fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was, was and I actually really liked it. Yeah, and uh, me and my friends were all like remarking about how like we were like, sick. oh my God, it's lit. It's yeah. fun again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really do enjoy it the way it is now. I do. The, yeah. I think the pandemic kind of like rearranged some pieces. It some stuff yeah. Out. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, yeah. I think it might, I, I hope by this summer it's going to like feel, feel like the maybe 10 years ago again. Yeah. That would be nice. I, I think so. I don't yeah. know. The good old days. What do you have any, I guess, advice to what all the kids can do to make it feel like the old days? Um, just hit the streets, go outside, yeah. like just yeah. go, like get your vaccine and just go to Tompkins, go, go for, for walk because you'll see it. It's there, yeah. you know, but if you're home all the time, you, you won't. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best advice during the pandemic to say, go outside, go outside <laughs> with, you know, the necessary precautions, but, <laughs> but do it. No, it's true. It's like the reason to be in in the city is not to be in your tiny apartment. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. You know, you don't pay for that. Like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. That's the irony is that the free part is actually the best part. Of course. Yeah, that's you're anything. Not like I think paying for the fucking apartment. If you like wanted a nice apartment, you wouldn't live here. <laughs> you're paying for the location. Yeah. You're not yeah. paying for the apartment itself. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. You're paying just to a place to sleep at night and store your shit. Yeah. But the action is outside. Yeah. No, I don't know if it's irresponsible to say uh, say go outside. I think we'll all be good by the summer, right? Everyone's I gonna hope be so. Like, oh. I'm getting my vaccine on Wednesday. I'm getting the Johnson & Johnson one. Oh, nice. I went the more traditional route. Yeah, one and done. Yeah, one and done. And um, I got that O positive blood. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You're good either way. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, just to be sure. And also, I want the little card. Yeah. And, um... And yeah, I do think everyone should just get the fucking vaccine and shut the fuck up. Yeah, Seriously. I agree. It's like, come on. That's the come on, guys. It's yeah. like, come on. Like, it's like the people that are like, I don't want to go on medication. Like when they're like depressed and yeah, like, clearly I, like. I talk about this all the time. Yeah. I know. It's like, but you'll smoke weed and do Molly and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, take yeah, yeah. Self-medicating. Yeah, but yeah. you'll do that, right? Yeah. Like right. you don't even know where that shit came from. Yeah. But you won't fucking actually get real help yeah so stupid i'm telling you yeah that's stupid right there with yeah, yeah. I, that <laughs> that shit always drives me crazy well it's yeah. like uh, people think i don't know if this really applies but people think there's just some type of inherent you know virtue in suffering yeah so they think like if i grit my teeth and bear feeling horrible that means i'm life like, is too short more like, this life is not a trial run this yeah is, like right. the real exactly. deal like there's no reason why you should spend even one day 
suffering yeah. you know just yeah. don't uh yeah Poop, totally. you know what i mean like, yeah exactly like, go, fix it yeah just <laughs> fix it like, everything dude. else will follow exactly like, like once you're good here you'll see everything around you start to be different the too. doors open up yeah. yeah it is a chain reaction just mm-hmm. like absolutely yeah, totally um, yeah so when can we see the Soderbergh movie? I think I heard I've heard talk about the summertime. I'm not sure. I'm gonna shoot him a text and ask him. I think probably maybe this summer it might hit some festivals. Cool. I don't know now with COVID what what the deal is, but I really hope I can do some festivals, do some carpets, like get back out there. I really miss that so much. Yeah. Like during the Uncut Gems press tour, I was like so tired and over it by the end. But then when the pandemic, I'm like ready. I'll do it yeah. all over again. Oh yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm so ready to do any type of bullshit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Anything. Um. And then pr- I I I think probably then by the fall it may it'll become available on HBO. Pretty awesome. sure. Cool. Theaters maybe HBO. I mean I know HBO for sure. Not sure about theaters. Um. But yeah. Well, so it sounds like out. we can say to the people that Julia Fox is back. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, back and better than ever. And um, yeah, Podcast. a lot of a lot of new cool projects that I'm that I'm working on. So let's plug the podcast one more time. It's called. It's called Fantasy Hour with Nikki and Takesh. with Nikki Takesh um, and SCP. STP, of course. <laughs> Gotta get STP, STP in there. And um, yeah, and just um, I'll be announcing it on my Instagram when and where it can be listened to. So we'll keep an eye out the next. Well, when is this coming out? Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, okay. I mean, probably yeah. like midweek. Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So probably a few days after you guys will be listening to this, it'll be out. But yeah, stay stay tuned. Well, yeah. thank you, Julia thank Fox. Thank you guys for, for having me. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah. So fun. Okay. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. This has been Julia Fox on the Ion Pod, hosted by the Ion Pack. This is an episode from April 2021 that we're unlocking, but we have plenty more like this over at patreon.com slash the Ion Pack. And I already know, you don't want to miss it, so... You already know. Patreon.